Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Jess of Stitches Be Crazy and Paper Pieces. Hi, thanks for having me today. Thanks so much for coming on. Now, before we jump into all the quilty paper piecing fun, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Jess? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So like you said, my name is Jess. I grew up in the Chicagoland, but I've lived here in Paducah, Kentucky for about six years, which is as long as I've been married to my husband. Um, I'm a new mom, kind of. My daughter's one, so it feels new to me every single day still, but (laughs) I don't know. It's up to you to decide if that's new. (laughs) And I quilt when I'm not chasing her around. So could you tell us the story behind your Instagram handle? Yes, I can. Um, It's not that big of a deal. Um, (laughs) It's actually inspired by Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. He signed a letter in one of his episodes with the B word, B word be crazy. And I was like, I don't know, a little light bulb just went off and... It became my Instagram name. <laughs> Are you a Big Bang Theory fan? Yeah, I'd love to have it on in the background because it's one of those shows you don't have to totally pay attention to, so you can still get some work done, but you're not sitting in silence. <laughs> yeah, the sitting in silence thing. I mean, I know a lot of the people we've interviewed always like to stitch in silence, but I'm like, I no, it's too, it's too quiet. Yeah. <laughs> my I, thoughts I are too loud. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. Silence in my house means something bad is happening. (laughs) So you started off as a crocheter. How did you get into EPP? So in 2011, I was still in college at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois, and which is only a stone's throw away from Paducah. And I wasn't invited to come here and vend, help paper pieces vend at the quilt show. So I drove down here and I mean, it was the craziest thing to walk into a quilt show and have no idea (laughs) the magnitude of quilting Uh stuff that goes on in there. Um, But the girls in the booth told me I couldn't start slinging hexes until I sewed a flower. So I sat in the booth and I made a hexagon flower and it was really love it first stitch. It sounds like a pledge challenge. It does. (laughs) Awesome. And was it pretty quick for you to put that together? Mm-hmm. I think especially having some foundation knowledge of with crochet of how to stitch, um, it was pretty easy to pick up and it doesn't take much time to put together a little flower. Also, if you had the other fellow people manning the booth as your on-hand experts. Exactly. <laughs> I, I like did that's a great trouble. way to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I did get in trouble two or three times during the whole show for saying string instead of thread. And I definitely got busted for calling them blankets instead of quilts. And I will never oh, ever no. make those mistakes again. Yeah, maybe not a good idea to call it blankets at a quilt show. Yeah, I learned my lesson pretty quickly. It really does sound like Pledge Week. Yeah. <laughs> so from that first kind of trial by fire at, um, at the quilt show. How did you go from helping out, uh, 
sounds a little bit randomly to um, at the helm of paper pieces. Yeah. Um, so kind of a long story, but I'll try and make it as simple as possible. Um, We've got time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you might need a pencil and paper for some okay. family trees. No. <laughs> My husband, Max, grew up on a cul-de-sac down the street from a woman named Joanne. And she was the owner of Paper Pieces. She bought the company back in 2002. So in high school, on the weekends and in college, he would walk down the street and work for her. And he'd come back for Christmas break and things like that throughout college and help her out. And then when we graduated college, it was during the big recession. So we couldn't find jobs in our fields. I studied hospitality and tourism, and he actually studied forestry. So we just had a really hard time, you know, getting into those fields. So she offered us both jobs um, at Paper Pieces. Nice. So we moved home and worked for her for a couple of years and bought our first little house together. And then the opportunity to move to Paducah came up and she graciously offered us the opportunity to become her partners and move down here with her. So with a little bit of luck in knowing Joanne and loving the industry and working our buns off, that's <laughs> how we got here. And you mentioned that she had bought the, Joanne had bought the company in 2002. How did the how old is Paper Pieces? Yeah, I love this story. So um, <laughs> we'll go back a little further here. 2,000 um, years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paper Pieces began in like 1982-83 in Washington State. There was two women that were engineers for Boeing, and they were laid off from their jobs. So two women with nothing better to do went to a quilt shop and started taking quilting classes. And they absolutely loved it. But when their teacher had them cutting out hexagons out of a piece of paper and scissors, they're like, this is ridiculous. Like, why would someone sit here and cut out their own papers? And so they started working with die makers and they produced the first die, which was the one inch hexagon die and which is still our most popular shape. And about a year later, they actually got their jobs back at Boeing. So a woman named Tess ran the business up until Joanne bought it. Um, so Tess had about 15 shapes and sizes when Joanne bought it. And since Joanne has it with the available technology, we've been able to grow it from there. That's incredible. Yeah. That's a really good cool. story. Were they mainly a catalog business? Or yes. Like, mm-hmm. okay. There was not a website until Joanne walked in. Yeah, that sounds, wow. I, f- I feel like I've heard that <laughs> similar stories before. It's amazing. Yeah. We I still do have a catalog every, <laughs> every year we put out a new catalog, but um the catalog orders come in less and less every year. Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like maybe they're collector's items. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I might be mixing up my research on what you just said. So Joanne, when she took it over, had about 15 um, different templates. Um, mm-hmm. And now you've got up to, was it 10,000? Yeah, at least 10,000. Oh, wow. We're like adding shapes every day. It's how, crazy. How do you decide like what shapes to add? They're actually usually like a custom request. Okay. And it's Hmm. usually along the lines of, I like, I'm reproducing a quilt and the hexagons are one and one eighth of an inch, not one inch. So someone will need those. So we'll go ahead and make them for them and then we'll list them to the website. Do you have a, what's your minimum order quantities for custom? For things like that, we don't have one. Okay. Especially if you're then able to list it to the website. Like, yes, make it available to everyone. 
It's amazing how much you have on your website because I went there once and I got so overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know, like which one to pick. (laughs) I didn't know what to pick. Yeah, I just honestly did it and I was like, oh, there's a coffin shape. Like who came up with that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did consider getting that actually because it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very popular one. Um, I mean, obviously it's geometry. There's nothing new except a few years ago, there was like a scientist found a new tessellating pentagon shape. So we added that to our website, but really it's just variations of your standard shapes that you'll find in your geometry book. And that's always the best way to browse our website. You know, if you're looking for something with six sides, go to the hit the hexagon tab or three sides would be the triangle section. Hmm. So it's just kind of getting back to your geometry roots which isn't always the fun part (laughs) what is uh what's your favorite shape (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) um I have to say the hexagon you know when I first started working here I tried so hard to stay away from hexes because I thought you know that's all anybody ever uses is the hexagons but and my first three quilts were not hexagon quilts, but now they're really my favorite. They're so simple and easy to put together, um, and they just make such classic quilts. So going back in time, so when you and your husband first started working um, at Paper Pieces, like what was your role there? Well, so that's actually pretty funny. Joanne actually had originally only, like my job offer was for 20 hours a week to do her social media accounts. And I never worked... 20 hours. Like I was working 40 hours from the first (laughs) week, you know? Um, and I really quickly fell into customer service, um, and answering the phones and helping customers. So in addition to the, um, EPP offerings you have on paper pieces, you also run a sister company website called Quilty Box. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, in 2019, Paper Pieces and Quilty Box became sister companies. And at Quilty Box, we are a subscription box service. So every month we ship out a box that has a project in it. Um, it comes with a magazine that always has at least two patterns and an interview with a world-renowned designer. It always has two yards of fabric, a spool of thread, and it usually one or two notions um, to help make that project. So that goes out once a month. And then there's also an English paper piecing version where we do an in-house pattern. Um, And it's always a brand new, never before seen pattern that goes with a charm pack from that same designer collection of fabric. Yeah. Sounds like so much fun. It is. (laughs) Sounds like I'm trying to get my head over the logistics of it because that's a, that's a huge lift Mm -hmm. to be doing two patterns in each box once every month. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> it is really cool. My favorite part about it though, is always reading the interview with the artist. It's oh. mind blowing. We had Anna Maria Horner back in June. Cool. Um, we had Cave back in April. So Christine, my coworker really gets in there and asks some really great questions. <laughs> so for Quilty Box, you mentioned that it's a monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. Do you have, um, is it open for subscribers throughout the year or is this like a quarterly thing that you sign up for? What kind of different membership plans do you have? Yeah. So it's a month, we have a month to month offering and you can also purchase like one-off boxes. So 
for instance, in August, we have a Sally Kelly themed box. So if you know you love Sally Kelly, but you're not in a position to sign up for a monthly subscription, you can go and buy that box one off or see, you know, who we've had in the past. So we've got Victoria Finley Wolf in July. I already mentioned Anna and Cape. So if we still have some of the supplies left, you can look back and grab some of those boxes as well. Oh, that's pretty that's cool. It's an awesome lineup. I was yeah. going to say, um, they, make, <laughs> they sound year. like great Christmas presents or birthday yes. presents for a yeah. culture friend. Absolutely. And yeah. I mentioned it comes with two yards of fabric. So those are usually just the focal prints. But even with that amount of fabric, they're not huge projects. They're usually okay. like wall hanging or lap sizes. So the great thing about them is that they're achievable. Like if you're giving someone this for Christmas or birthday, they're not overwhelmed with this crazy big project. You mentioned that for the EPP version that is designed in-house. Yes. Is most of the staff, have they all taken up EPP at this point? Do you feel no. like, have you converted them all? <laughs> no, there's only a few of us um, <laughs> that do it. But Erin, who writes most of our patterns, she went to art school. I mean, this is totally her thing and she is so good at it. Um, but she will go back into the warehouse where they are actually making the paper pieces and she'll just sit and play and rearrange things. And it's so fun to walk by her when she's doing it. It's like, how did you, how did you come up with that? It's so cool, but it's a lot of fun to see it come to fruition. Do you find that you've discovered like new notions that you never knew existed or never knew that you needed through this? <laughs> Cause that I feel could be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, the biggest thing for me is the Yazi bags. They're project bags. The company's called Yazi. They are, yeah, they're project storage bags. They can be used for anything. I know like some people use them to travel with their jewelry, um, but I have started like collecting them for each of my projects. <laughs> it's like I have to finish my project so I can free up my new, my next Yazi bag. Because <laughs> I remember reading somewhere that you, uh, you're a big fan of using um, makeup bags for keeping your um, EPP travel ready. Yeah, um, has these Yazi bags. These have replaced your they have your makeup. So this they is have. your go-to. It is absolutely. <laughs> they're really durable and they're hand quote. They're not. They're handmade in India, and they're all just so high quality. They're beautiful. They're cool. Yeah. I'm googling what's this your, as we um, speak. What's <laughs> your favorite? What's your favorite color of them? Oh, the fuchsia. Because you can always <laughs> find it. Like if it's. You can look around a room and see where your bag's at. <laughs> oh, and it's got like a clear case on the outside. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. You can see everything. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, so distracted I'm looking right at now. Yeah, <laughs> you won't be disappointed. And I actually, I always tell people, don't forget if you get one or any of your portable sewing bags, make sure you put a, like a luggage tag or something in it with your name on it because right. I am oh. a victim of leaving my sewing bag on an airplane and it's oh, never to see it again, never to see it again. So put your information in your bag. You won't regret it. <laughs> Great. What are your top notions that you can't travel without? Oh, 100% is my TJ Lane thimble. I have a yeah. custom thimble from TJ Lane. Um, oh, wow. They are beautiful. They're really pretty thimbles, but they fit your finger when you go to a quilt show. If Look them up. You have to find them. But they watch you stitch. They give you a hoop and a needle. And they, you know, they watch you take a few stitches and they see where the needle hits your finger. And then they go and they take your hand and stick all the different thimbles on your finger until one fits. 
And once you find the right sizing, you can then pick out what you want your thimble to look like. Oh, wow. I, I'm is, mind just blown right now. Yeah, no, I, seriously. They're a little pricey. It's like, I think $100 for one, but yeah. it has a lifetime warranty, warranty, so you just can't go wrong. And how long do you have to wait for them to produce your custom? Thimble? Oh, they have them. Um, you don't wait. They have okay. them there. They're, they just have like a wide selection of the sizes they make. Okay. So it sounds like, like a shoe store kind yeah, of yeah. for thimbles, mm-hmm. which makes total sense. Yeah. Because like I always feel people always ask me like, what thimble do you use? One, I don't. So like I'm the worst person to ask that. But like everyone's hand works so differently. It's just like just like writing. You to have a one size fits all thimble, thimble, thimble. <laughs> um, this is, I feel like maybe we need to do a road trip and stock yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Find them. Horrify yeah. them with our hand stitching. And I couldn't use a thimble before I found them either because nothing felt right on my hand. Okay. So Wendy and I, Anna will get you. We're, we're going to get you. We're going to pick you up in the car. We're going to find <laughs> these TJ Lane thimbles. <laughs> Wait, yes. I highly recommend it. So based on our Instagram stalking, um, we've noticed that you've set up a few booths at a few different court markets and festivals. Are you able to share with us, regular attendees, what happens behind the scenes with the setup? And what are people missing out at port markets because those events are closed to the general public? Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of nailed it on the head, Um, at least for us, for paper pieces. Most of the magic happens outside of show hours. Um, We're vendors, but we also do a lot of collaboration. But during the show, we're stuck in our booth uh, (laughs) working with quilt shops and taking orders and demoing paper pieces. So it's during setup at dinner or even cocktail hours that most of our projects become projects. Um, One of my favorite stories is a few years ago, we were at cocktail hour and Brenda Papadakis was sitting at the table behind me. And I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she wrote the book for Dear Jane. Oh. And I turned around and just totally fangirled over her (laughs) and she was so sweet, but I told her that it was one of my bucket list quilts to make Dear Jane English paper piece. And she laughed. I mean, Bella laughed like and asked me if I was crazy. And I said, probably. And she said, let's do it. So that's how Dear Jane Goes EPP was conceived. And now it's one of our most popular projects. And we actually run it as a quilt along. Oh, that's oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So, so cool. thanks, Embassy Suites Cocktail Hour for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hot spot. Yeah. But I could definitely see where f- some FOMO might sneak in um, for those who can't attend. But you have to remember when you're thinking about market, most of what you're looking at isn't available yet. You're seeing fabric yeah. that isn't going to ship for six to seven more months. So it's like we're having this big meeting to come up with projects for you. So, um, and I think the best way that you can support the vendors and the artists that you like is to go to your favorite quilt shop and pre-order those items because it's going to help the industry, the whole chain, the whole way back up the chain and give us a reason to keep going back to market. Do you work with pattern designers to create paper pieces for kits? We do kind of, um, We work with a lot of different designers, um, but they usually come up with the designs themselves and bring them to us. And then once we get the design from them, we come out with the paper pieces. So it's not like we ever 
approach anyone like, hey, use these shapes or do this. Um, it, it's kind of working backwards from there. Okay. And so when people approach you with their designs, um, what should the designer have prepared before like pitching a project to you? That's a really good question. Um, we don't have any sort of guidelines set in place. I mean, we probably should, it might make everybody's day a little easier. Um, <laughs> Here, um, figure it out, Jess. Write yeah. <laughs> it for me. storyboard it right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess the best thing to have would be at least a digital mock-up. Um, so we can see what the vision is for the final product. You've got views into both the EPP world as well as traditional patchwork through quilty boxes. Mm -hmm. um, do you notice any interesting trends that have been uh, gaining traction? Yeah, um, I honestly have seen a resurgence in grandmother's flower garden quilts, a hexagon. Really? Um, I mentioned hexagons have always been our most popular shape, um, but I feel like it's getting some momentum behind it. We're seeing, I think, a new turnover of quilters that are first generation quilters. They oh, yeah. don't have heirloom quilts from their grandparents. They're they're making these heirlooms for to start. Um, so yeah, I think that there's a resurgence in the grandmother's flower garden. And ha have you found the, um, the newest sort of like styles, is it quite different to the traditional, um, versions that you'd see? No, I mean, with the pattern of the flower garden, there's only so much variation you can do. Mm -hmm. So no. <laughs> I wonder if like, I feel like tile mats are so popular right now. Oh I don't my wanna, gosh. Oh yeah. I don't want to distill the amazingness of EPP into tile mats, but no. I'm going when, to. <laughs> when they came out with that mat, is it folk art? I it's letter remember. folk. Letter, letter folk. Yeah, yeah. When they came out with that, they had a GoFundMe. I wanted to be like, take all my money. Like, give me all the <laughs> How many uh, tile mats do you have? <laughs> I don't have one yet. It's been on my okay. Christmas list for the last few years. Maybe oh, we Max. need to start a GoFundMe for <laughs> yeah. your tile mat. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> you should do a collaboration with Letterfolk. Yeah. That would be cool. Oh, it would yes. be cool. Do some cool That'd patterns. That would be really cool. Hey, Letterfolk, if you're listening, yeah. call me. Yeah. <laughs> and you can then call me, too. That's Amanda Carey, 617. No. Um, <laughs> um, so with this kind of new generation of uh, first-generation quilters, you know, what is your best advice for someone who's starting to get into EPP? There is no right or wrong way to do this. <laughs> like you'll see so many different types of ways to baste, um, people using different types of threads, needles. Don't let anyone boss you into <laughs> making it not fun. Like okay. you should enjoy this process and do it so that your hands are comfortable. Use a needle that feels right in your hand, use thread that doesn't break when you pull it, um, make it fun. You have to enjoy this. We call it quilt in a decade. We have a joke with Eleanor Burns. It's not quilt in a day. You're going to be doing it for a long time. So you have to enjoy the process. So that's my advice to anyone who wants to try it. That's because it's so different from, I feel like machine quilting, I don't want to, um, not quilt in a day. Mm -hmm, right. It's a great exercise, but I think that there is something so beautiful about it taking, years, months, years mm -hmm. to finish a quilt. It's such a different process and experience for the quilt. Absolutely. And I get to hear so many cool stories of 
people making quilts through grief. Um, you know, like I started this quilt while my husband was in the hospital and then I finished it while my granddaughter was being born. Like it's just, they follow you through life and there's some really beautiful stories behind them. So what's one EPP pattern that's on your wish list or dream to tackle one day? My bucket list quilt is Mrs. Billings by Karen Styles. Googling. <laughs> yeah, it is an epic quilt. Yeah. We will add this to the show notes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That is tiny. <laughs> yeah, there's little pieces. It's inspired by a piece hanging in a museum in England. So it's the original quilt is really old. And our friend Karen Styles reproduced it and did a pattern with it and I'm dying to make it and it is available at paper pieces it is available just, at paperpieces.com that's cool have you already like picked out the fabric for it you no. already know what you're you just there's a girl on Instagram named Jessica her tat her username is Plato squirrel she's making <laughs> it scrappy and she's using a lot of Heather Ross that's really cool Interesting. are there a lot of people that have completed that quote yes or- Mm-hmm. The pattern has been available for several years now, and I know some quilt shops have hosted quilts alongs with it, but I've been nudging Karen that we should do a new quilt along with it and see if we can't get some of these new quilters yeah. tackling such an epic project. Yeah. So what are your quilting goals for this year? My biggest goal this year is to stitch for at least 10 minutes a day. I told you I've been toddler wrangling. Mm. So I recently bought a visual timer off Amazon. So it's just a little analog clock and you spin the dial and it highlights the amount of time you want it to go for. So I set it for 10 or 15 minutes every night, even on days when it's the last thing on earth I feel like doing, but just so I can make progress doing something for me Mm -hmm. and kind of unpack for the day. And so that's my thing. That's my goal. 10 to 15 minutes a day of stitching. That's Are awesome. you tracking? Are you tracking no. the days? No. <laughs> Just getting through them. <laughs> do you find that once, you know, if you feel like you don't want to, but you actually sit down and do it, do you find that you end up stitching more than 10 or 15 minutes? Because like Most you get days, into it. Yeah. Yeah. And just if it, oh, I've, if I just do two more inches, I'll finish the section. That kind yeah. of thing. It's starting is the hardest part. Exactly. It's always yes. the hardest part. Mm. I find another way if time feels overwhelming if I'll do um, a thread a day. So if I'm hand stitching, you know, if I say, I'm just going to stitch it wherever it ends, wherever it is, wherever it ends, but that's kind of another bite-sized chunk. I love that idea. Yeah. Okay. So it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilting questions. Are you ready, Jess? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So what is your favorite time of day to quilt? Late night when the toddler goes to bed. (laughs) What is your favorite place to EPP? Definitely on the couch in my jammies. Corner seat or middle seat? Oh, I have to be leaning on an armrest. I'm going to have a horrible back when I get old, but I'll have made all the quilts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you wear shoes while sewing? I do not. Socks, slippers? No, I hardly ever wear socks and shoes. Music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence? Audible by day, Netflix by night. Do you have a current favorite? Yes, I just am in the middle of binge watching Yellowstone, and it's amazing. Ooh, is that the that is. Kevin Costner? 
my other boyfriend. <laughs> I thought it was a Ken Burns film. And I was like, Ken Burns, your boyfriend? I, <laughs> you know, he collects quilts, guys. So Yes. He has an amazing collection. Yeah, is, is it a PBS special about him? I think so. I yeah. think he was on it. He's. I'm surprised he hasn't done a Ken Burns American quilts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, sorry, I cut you off. What's your favorite? Um, what's your favorite um, audiobook right now? Where the Crawdads Sing. Favorite snack while quilting? That's pretzels. Favorite traditional block? This week it's the bridal bouquet. What was it last week? Carpenter's Wheel. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Bubblegum pink. What is your favorite brand of solids? I don't know if it's a favorite, but I'm working with Unicorn Poop and Dragon's Breath by Tula for Free Spirit on a secret project right now, and it's pretty dreamy. What's your favorite Kona color? My favorite Kona is Dragon Fruit. What color fabric do you use the most? For my personal projects, lately I've been gravitating towards like earthy tones. So maybe like blues if I had to pick one color. And are you more of a solids or a print fabrics kind of gal? Prints. Who's your favorite fabric designer? Tula Pink or Sally Kelly. And what's the last fabric you bought? I think the last thing I bought was Moda Basic Gray Panel of the United States and I made a little lap quilt for my parents for their Aww, camper. Cute. cute. <laughs> um, what is your favorite quilt shop? Okay, I never met a quilt shop I didn't like, but I'm <laughs> really lucky to be two blocks away from Hancock's of Paducah. <gasps> They're oh, so good. Nice. Their Kona selection is beyond. I love living there this close to it. My husband and my wallet disagree, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try to only go in there if I – need something specific. Yeah, that's so dangerous. It is. Um, so how do you organize your fabrics? I organize by collection and I always wrap them on mini bolts. If you don't know what they are, oh, yeah, check you've them got out. your mini bolts. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with your scraps? I have them sorted so that I can use them with hexes later. So if it's like a two and a half inch scrap, I'll set it aside for one inch hexagons, think like that. And I have jars, like big glass jars that I keep them in, in their size order. What sewing notion couldn't you live without? I'd have to say my TJ Lane thimble and my paper pieces, duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favorite roller size? I have a two and a half inch by six creative grids ruler that I use all the time. I love it. What thread brand do you use? I mostly use Aurifil. What weight? 50. Pressing preference? Open, dark side, paper pieced? <laughs> yeah, I would press to the dark side if I was doing a machine project. Pick one, HSDs, curves, or flying geese? Half square triangles. Or hexes, I guess we should have asked if it was Well, yeah, hexes. I mean, if hexes are an option, I definitely would pick hexes. But <laughs> if you're going to make me sit at a machine, I would rather do half square triangles. <laughs> Uh, do you have a go-to long arm quilter? Yes. Um, Teresa, she's quilting is my bliss on Instagram. Do you, are you a machine or a hand binder? I'm a hand binder. Preferred EPP basting method? I am needle and thread girl. Do you pre-wash your fabrics? I have never done that, no. <laughs> I liked you up till now, Jess. That's so <laughs> judgy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. I agreed. She said pressing to the dark, dark side. I was the adult in the room of not lording it over you two. 
I am too much in a hurry to start sewing. Like I and yet you thread based. Jess. <laughs> I know, but I'm just yeah, you're right. I can't even justify that. No, you can't. <laughs> lazy. I'm too lazy to pre-wash my fabric. How's that? No, no. And, <laughs> and my answer stays the same. And yet you thread based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite part of the quilting process? You know, when you're and probably more so just a machine project, but You've got the pattern all figured out in your head. You've got everything cut out and you just have to start sewing all your pieces together. It's like this, you get into this like mindless Zen stitching time. That's my favorite part. That's the best. Uh, what's your least favorite part of the quilting process? Squaring up my blocks, which is another reason I love EPP so much. You don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? If I mess something up or like put something in the wrong place, I will not unsew it and go back and fix it. <laughs> like there are very it few It adds things. character. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't be bothered with it. But sometimes like I look back and I'm like, ooh, I should have fixed that. So maybe that would be it. Who is your quilty BFF? That would be my friend Deb. She lives in Australia. We met at Quilt Market a few years ago. Her Instagram handle is quilts from Nana's trunk. So check her out. She's a long armor. Who is your quilty crush? I would have to say right now it's Kate Conkers. She lives in Hawaii and has been repurposing dresses and she's always collecting beautiful hexagon quilts. Oh, cool. Interesting. And what is your favorite recent make? I just finished a baby quilt for my best friend since second grade and there's accent triangles in it. And I used parts of the bridesmaid's dress I wore in her wedding for the accent oh, triangles. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's really very sweet. special. Yeah. How many quilts are in your whip pile right now? I'd say about five or six. And that's excluding APP, obviously. Right, of course, because yeah. they don't count. <laughs> and where do you store your work in progresses? I have a closet in my sewing room slash office, and I bought like skirt hangers, the wooden ones, because they're a little cuter than the plastic ones. <laughs> and I hang my projects from the skirt hangers in the closet so I can kind of swipe through them when I'm looking for something or ready to grab the next one. And do you have any other interests or hobbies? Um, no, my life it mostly consists of working, sewing and toddler wrangling. However, I did just start having a little bit of fun making TikToks. So Ooh. that's fun. Sewing TikToks or yeah. generic? No, or they're sewing dancing? related. <laughs> no, I don't have time to learn those dances. But <laughs> it's okay. You could some. start a new trend, a new like viral TikTok where you're dancing and EPP at the same time. Oh, that's a good idea. I dare you. <laughs> okay. Are you Stitches Be Crazy on TikTok? No, I'm actually Paper Pieces Jess. Okay. Okay. Switching yeah. it up. Come hang out with me. <laughs> um, we've got just a couple more questions for you. And first up is who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Okay. The first one would be exhausted octopus. Oh, she's great. Oh, she's wonderful. She's always doing something new and so yeah. creative. I love it. Um, the second one would be jam and threads. They do customizable personalized quilt labels and some other really fun things. A lot of really cool sewing related items. And the third one I would recommend is what Kaylee makes. And she's actually one of our paper pieces, customer service extraordinaires, and she is always stitching and doing something creative. So 
check her out. Okay, so before we sign off, do you have any fun projects on the horizon that you're able to share with our listeners? We just launched a Tula Sunrise quilt kit using Daydreamer by Tula Pink, and it's shipping later this year, so there's still time to pre-order it. So on that note, we need to wrap today up, and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadclaw Studio. Wendy. I am the Weekend Quilter. Anna. I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Jess. I am stitches underscore B underscore crazy or just paper pieces EPP. <laughs> or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, that would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Thanks, ladies.